Santa's so fast, he delivers presents to the whole wide world in one night. Ah, Superman is faster. He circled the planet and made us all forget about that earthquake that killed Lois Lane. What earthquake? Exactly, bitch. Kids, kids, take it easy. Superman! It's not important who's fastest. Spoken like a true puss. What did you f***ing say? I would whip Santa's fat ass. Is that what you want to hear, you little f***ing turd? You come at me, you come at me like a f***ing man. Got to blog about the shit that just went down right here. Old Soups thinks he's the fastest, eh? Ho, ho, ho. So who is the fastest, Santa? Ho, ho, ho. That's not important. Spoken like a true puss. We doing this, Blue Balls? You got that right, Saint Dick. Hey, no fair using reindeer. Oh, okay, no fair using our yellow sun then, you f***ing alien. I am from beyond. Listen and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Alter Nativity Stories. Welcome to Prattle World, I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan, and in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Alternativity Stories, a month-long look at alternative stories set around the most wonderful time of the year. I am back uh, once again for the second part of Alternativity Stories of 2021. It has been a long year, certainly much like last year, Uh, but I'm on my own this time, just looking at a compilation of DC Comics stories that are set around the holiday period. So this book is called Christmas with the Superheroes, issue one. So they released two, I believe, around the same time of year. And the first one was stories that had previously been published in different comics that they compiled into this one issue. And then the second issue was more original stories about New Year, Hanukkah, uh, Christmas, you name it. Um, So I'm going to look just at issue one this year because there's a lot to cover. But maybe next year I might look at the sequel if if you'd like to hear about that let me know if you'd like me to cover something else um there's a couple of other comics i've been looking at or i've read recently uh the last christmas was especially good uh right up my street so yeah maybe something that like that or something different who knows but we're here to talk the comics so this is from 1988 the year of my birth so i am Getting on a bit, to say the least. Uh, But I'm just going to list out the stories before we go into any details or any spoilers about the stories. A lot of them are relatively short, so I can't really not talk about them without going into spoilers. This comic is currently available on Comixology, if you want to read it ahead of time. Uh, It is there, it's available. I believe you could probably get it fairly cheap on eBay or Amazon if you look around for it. But uh, it's called Christmas with the Superheroes, 1988 issue one and you should be able to find everything but these issues some of the stuff that happens in them is fairly important but there's a lot of stuff that hasn't really aged that well some of the you know the more kind of traditional there's there's a kind of uh, superboy and superman specifically are like well this is christmas i'm gonna celebrate christmas my way and every other culture isn't really included and yeah so there's some stuff that might be a little bit 
offensive to some people but again it's it's down it's down to you what you think of it if you can read through it like i have and you you know you can appreciate some things that are like you know because these stories are all all quite old even at the time of of these reprints this this was quite a lot of these stories have been out for a few years so probably not kind of in the the modern milieu of what would we would consider kind of acceptable but we're going to have a look at them anyway so but we've got some really historic things happening this these issues as well which I'm going to go into and it does have uh, a lot of good talent behind each of the issues and, and they're not all they're all bad I wouldn't say they're necessarily bad but it's just section of them sections of them are not as great uh, or you know using the 2021 lens there's things that have not aged that well but the first story is Batman and that's Wanted Santa Claus Dead or Alive and that was from DC Special Series 21 and that came out in 1979 we've got Justice League in The Man Who Murdered Santa Claus from uh, Justice League League 110 from March and April of 1974. We've got the Teen Titans in the TT Swinging Christmas Carol from Teen Titans 13 from January, February of 1968. Legion of Superheroes in the Starlight, Star Bright story from DC Special Series 21 from 1979. And Superman in Twas the Fright Before Christmas from DC Comics Presents 67 from March of 1984. And finally, Batman in The Silent Night of the Batman from Batman 219. So there's a lot of cool comic book talent like I've said we've got people like Denny O'Neill Neil Adams Frank Miller Len Wein you can go on and on and on there's so much kind of talent comic book classic royalty that have written a lot of these stories and again like I said some of them not age so well not maybe as sensitive to all the other cultures and beliefs and stuff around the holidays but um, you know they're fine they're fine but anyway let's get to it so the first story Wanted Santa Claus Dead or Alive is a very short story Story, but it's an important story because it is Frank Miller's first ever work on Batman, who would, you know, go on to write Batman Year One and would go on to write The Dark Knight Strikes again as well. So proper classic Batman tales. Um, I think this is also before he went to work on Daredevil and did his historic run on that character as well. An amazing run. Uh, again, however you feel about Frank Miller, that's that's your decision, but you, you can't ignore that he was a, a talent at a time before, you know, doing his weird uh, stuff later on. Anyway, so yeah, it's written by Denny O'Neill as well. So the whole premise of this story is that Batman is looking for a uh, a heist artist called Boomer Katz who has been recently released from prison and he's had some dealings with some shady characters over the years and he has asked for a, a boat to be kind of rented out the harbour waiting for him and Batman thinks this is suspect obviously so he's trying to find Boomer Katz before you know anything goes down. Turns out that Boomer has got a job at a local kind of shopping centre mall as as a Santa and turns out he's one of the best Santas they've ever had. They love him, they're all very nice to him, very kind, very caring, loving, you know, give him a lot of attention and as he comes to rob the place with his gang, he has a change of heart. You know, the Christmas spirit gets, gets inside him, changes him, you know, warms up that cold, cold heart, very Grinch-like heart and he goes, no, I can't do it and he starts uh, trying to 
you know, attack the other thieves, trying to kind of beat them off, trying to save the people working there from being shot. Um, gets shot himself, runs outside. Batman hears the shots and he kind of comes running in and saves him. But he's trying to find him because he, the one of the criminals takes him hostage. Uh, there's a great scene where Batman uh, throws this uh, potted kind of small Christmas tree uh, at, directly at a criminal's head. It's fantastic. Great kind of dynamic, classic Frank Miller artwork before he got into his, you know, his kind of modern style. It was kind of a bit more kind of the regular kind of comic book artist styling, um, not as, you know, quite as unique to his his form now. But yeah, really, really cool, uh, really nice. Um, the way he finds him as well, you'll notice a lot of these stories have kind of a Christmas miracles occur. Um, that's kind of a running theme through all these stories, that something not quite, a little supernatural occurs or something like that. There's a light that shines, there's a, a light, a star, basically, and it shines down and the light, uh, targets where the where Boomer Cats has been taken hostage, where the other criminal is, and Batman subdues him. And yeah, that's the basically the end of the story. And they were like, oh, it's a Christmas miracle. And and then Boomer Cats, kind of the guy who works at the shopping center, his boss is like, yeah, sure, we'll we'll help out and we'll I'll be a character witness for you and told maybe that you'll get off with an easier sentence. And that's basically the story. Um, there's not much to it, but it's, it's nice. It's got some good action. It's it's drawn really well. Again, it's a Denny. I think it's a Denny O'Neill story. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I can always go back and double check. Check it out yourself. Uh, <laughs> you can do the work. I'm not doing the work, but yeah, it's kind of that's that's basically it. So it's kind of the the star of Bethlehem, if you will, has 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 helped uh, Batman find the the criminal and bring him to justice. But yeah, there is a scene where um, Batman's trying to find Boomer Cats, and he goes in. To like kind of a soup kitchen type type deal, but he's he actually like he uh, for lack of a better word blacks up unfortunately um, in his disguise, and you can see him re- removing the disguise as well, uh, which is yeah hasn't aged very well at all. Um, but there you go, that's uh, that's was the seventies or maybe eighties, I don't know. It's been a good few years uh, since that story, but there you go. Next one is a Justice League story by Len Wein, and he uh, it is uh, an interesting one. The Man Who Murdered Santa Claus. So it opens quite dramatically, this particular story. It opens as basically Batman and Superman are kind of helping out doing some charity work with this kind of, again, shopping centre Santa. And they turn away for one second, they turn back, and the Santa has now exploded. So Santa has been killed in the opening pages, effectively, of this comic. So it really does grab your attention straight away. Um, and it's a really it's a really interesting, again, this is quite an historic kind of Justice League issue that just happens to be kind of set at Christmas. Justice League are called to investigate this because there is a note left with a kind of a clues and a poem uh, and basically there's a huge bomb threat you know superman batman don't think they can do it alone or cover as much ground um, because they don't know where it is what city it's in what area it's in that's just something they can't necessarily figure out uh, on their own but uh, batman does manage to kind of 
locate at least the city and the area um, that it will be in. And obviously, with the help of the Justice League, spoilers, they stop the bomb threat. Well, kind of. Anyway, going back to the story. So all the other current Justice League members at the time are called. So Black Canary, Green Arrow, Red Tornado. I think that's it. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Uh, But that particular line, maybe Zatanna? I don't know. Maybe. Green Lantern is also called Hal Jordan's Green Lantern. But he... Being the doofus that Hal Jordan is, slips in the shower and knocks himself out. So the Green Lantern ring has to go to his replacement, which at this time is uh, is John Stewart's Green Lantern, and and John John uh, Stewart's Green Lantern just has a ring on and he just pulls him towards the meeting. And again, this bit hasn't aged so well because all of the Justice League have really kind of intimidating towards Jon Stewart. They're like, we don't trust you, pal. We don't know you from Adam, you know, da-da-da. And it just, you know, it doesn't come across very well because since they're all white people, I'm like, this is a little uncomfortable how aggressive they're being. And, you know, and Green Arrow wants to celebrate Christmas. He feels like he's been dragged in for a wild goose chase. And Red Tornado doesn't actually get the concept of Christmas. So they have to kind of explain the idea to him and get his head around it because uh, he's recently joined the team from being a villain, I believe. So it's, again, it's kind of these early doors, early days for a lot of these characters. John Stewart hasn't been a Green Lantern very often or very uh, recently. Uh, I think in the Len Wein run of Green Lantern, he does become uh, the Green Lantern for a, a decent amount of time, like for a long run. Uh, I think he gets rid of the mask at that point as well. But yeah, so they, they go off, they're looking for this bomb. Uh, it turns out the person behind the bomb threat uh, leaves a key in a note. And surprise, surprise, the villain, of course, is the key. Um, you probably might not necessarily have heard of him. He's in the Grant Morrison run of, of the Justice League. They kind of kind of uh, give him a revamp and make him a bit more sinister and creepy and scary. Um, but initially, he's a guy who's just he's very into locks and keys and doors and stuff. That's kind of his thing. But he's, he's taken lots of drugs and stuff, and they have caused his brain to grow and his intelligence to grow and his physiology to be stronger better faster that sort of thing and it's causing him now to die so he wants to kill he says he won't he won't make it through christmas basically so his plan is to kill the justice league and he is successful basically uh again spoilers to this story but they come across uh several traps when they locate they manage to locate the the bomb threat there's a really sad moment as well where uh, Green Lantern is approached by by some poor uh, black children and they're like, come on, you're black, you can help us out, we're poor, give us some money or something. And he's like, I don't have any money or I can't help. Green Arrow's like, I'm really sorry, but there's nothing we can do at this moment. We've got to stop the bomb threat. It's in Seattle. They discover through the clues left that it was in Seattle and they go to the, the arch or that big kind of thing um not the sky needle or whatever i think it's seattle with that big kind of arch who knows who knows i'm sure my american friends will tell me they go in you know it's a very sad thing and they've got to leave those kids to be cold and stuff so it doesn't look very heroic at the time but you know what else can they do i think i guess but they go in and there's a, a threat there's several traps that have been laid out specifically for certain kind of justice league members and they all get eliminated one by one uh leaving it down to i believe it's red tornado and and green lantern but then surprise surprise it's revealed that the phantom stranger was working with the key to protect the Justice League and has uh, miraculously saved them from harm. Um, However, the key manages to set off the bombs. Basically, he escapes 
the Phantom Stranger disappears and the Justice League are left to to stop this bomb going off, but they realise that they actually can't stop it from going off. So what they do is they evacuate the area and Green Lantern contains the explosion within his um, his ring, like a big sphere. And what he then does is proper slap in the face to like Hal Jordan, who um, famously he rebuilt Coast City and lost his mind after it was destroyed. And the, and the Guardians of the Universe who are in charge of the Green Lanterns are like, that's not cool, mate. You can't do that. That's not on. It's not, that's not cricket. And uh, so what John Stewart does is he, he finds a little bit of a loophole. So he uses the rubble and remakes all the buildings and gives those poor kids, you know, a place to live that we saw earlier. But yeah, if, if Al Jordan read this story, he'd be very annoyed. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck, man? But I guess with Coast City, it was absolutely just atomized, wasn't it? So there was nothing left uh, to to use to rebuild. But yeah, these bombs that set off left a lot of rubble that you could reconstitute while not breaking the rules so um that's the story but again it's it's the first time they've met john stewart so this, this is an important issue and it's a fun issue it's not like it's very classic old school like you know there's a villain there's an area there's traps you know it's 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 not going to it's not going to change your world but it's a fun little story it's fine and at the end uh, Black Canary gives Red Tornado his classic costume. So he's, he's more kind of human-looking, he's more attractive, because before he's in this really clunky, horrible purple and red thing, which just doesn't look very good. So he gets the classic, uh, as a Christmas present, he gets his classic uniform that he's kind of most well-known for, that kind of design with the blue cape and the red and the yellow and the big T on the chest. That's what he gets for Christmas, which is nice and sweet and, you know, uh, as kind of cynical as uh, as Green Arrow is, he kind of like he gets a little choked up, I think. But yeah, it's a nice little story. It's Len Wein, so you can't really go wrong with that. Um, but yeah, it was a good little fun tale that one we've got much more to go through so this next one is probably my least favorite it is the tt swinging christmas carol so this is a teen titans story but it's before the uh, marvel wolfman and george perez era so when they weren't mm, being written that well it's a lot of cheesy like jive hip kind of talk it's not great it's basically about uh timmy um and his dad who work for a man called Mr. Scrounge. As you might guess, it is a Christmas Carol kind of modern take on it. So Mr. Scrounge works, uh, runs a junk, like a junkyard type thing. I think it's Mr. Hatchet. I think, um, whatever the the dad's name. And uh, Timmy is in a wheelchair and he's hoping to get home and, and to afford to buy him a new wheelchair because the one he's got is not great. And he's like, no, no, you've, you know, it's, it's, it's basically just Mr. Scrooge and that whole thing. Um, and he's paying, he's being paid for people to come and take junk from or use, use his junkyard as an operating area for, the importing of more junk, and they have a ray gun that transforms that junk into, like, it just remakes everything, it fixes everything, like, at the, at the touch of a button. And they basically sell that at a higher price, and they import the junk. It's very complicated. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think it makes that much sense, uh, to be honest, which probably is why I don't like it so much. Uh, but the import, it paid less duty on it. Uh, 
I don't know. It's it seems like a weird scam. I would, if you had that technology, I would just go legit. Like if you have a, a, a beam, a laser beam, you know, ray gun that fixes everything. Just hire it out. Just get someone to come in and just be like, yeah, $50 to fix your bike, $50 to fix your iPad or whatever it is. Obviously, this is in the 1960s. But basically, Timmy discovers this or Tommy discovers this and Tiny Timmy or Tiny Tommy uh, tells his dad. His dad confronts him. He's like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and then at his door, the his former partner, I think it's like Morley, which is obviously like Jacob Marley, turns up and scares him. He's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. The Teen Titans come, they get involved. And then they decide to show Mr. Scrounge the, the error of his ways by dressing up like ghosts and using their powers to seem, you know, otherworldly when they know it's not them. But uh, yeah, eventually the, the gang catches up with all of them. And oh, Wonder Girl is written so poorly as well in this. Oh, Donna, poor Donna Troy, because she's constantly falling over, hurting herself fainting just awful writing for her she just becomes the the damsel in distress but it's just so obvious so awful it's one of them <laughs> it's you know eventually he learns the error of his ways and he, he misses scrounge and he fights back and tries to defeat the help defeat the gang with the teen titans help and then he you know he's gonna again he's gonna change his ways and go to prison he's gonna give he creates timmy a new wheelchair it's all fine it's fine it's not a good story it just really isn't it's just not great i just yeah it's just, it's just all very poorly conceived and, and i've read a lot of kind of uh comics that have done a spin on christmas carol and this is by far the worst one i've read so maybe if you do get this collection maybe skip this one but yeah give it a try you might like it you never know okay next up is starlight star bright so this is a legion of the superheroes story um so it's set in the 31st century and this is the one that's kind of a bit weird as well so superboy comes from the past into the future to celebrate christmas with uh the legion of superheroes and he gets there and and he's like where's the tree where's the decorations where's the tinsel where's all this and the legion explained that obviously they are they encompass many worlds many traditions many cultures and that everybody celebrates in their own way you know they celebrate however you want to celebrate there's even uh, colossal boy who is as we spoke about uh, last year he's a jewish superhero and he celebrates hanukkah and all these other different worlds either they might not have a holiday this time of year or they do something else or it's something different i think the shadow last doing something and some other stuff going on and superboy is super judgy about this and he goes well i want a tree i want a, I want a tinsel i want the i want a star i want everything i want a classic christmas uh, you know and and everyone's like what and he's just like he's like no this is wrong it's like it was like he's almost like he's complaining about the war on christmas which i was like okay right sure okay and he says hey i know what we'll do we will find the Star of Bethlehem. And they're all a bit like, what? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go find where that was. So, and fair play to the Legion. They they go along with this and go, fine. What We'll take whatever historical records and star charts and we'll find the Star of Bethlehem. Totally bizarre story. Totally, totally, utterly bizarre. He's, and, and Superboy's even a bit judgy of Saturn Girl because she's working and Cosmic Boy's looking after their kids. And he's like, well, to each their own, but whatever i was like it's like that's a bit judgy that yeah she's she's working because she's she's guarding the galaxy or you know the legion of planets or whatever they call it united planets and and he's proper super judgy in this i didn't really like it and he just 
sends them all on a wild goose chase and they're like well it's over here somewhere so lightning lad wildfire phantom girl or the other ones um they all go off and 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 they find a planet instead and this planet has several different races on it uh, there's an aquatic race there's like a humanoid hairy race there's a there's like a race of bird creatures <laughs> And they're all undergoing these planetary disasters, these natural disasters. And they try, they're trying to help these cultures, but they're basically doomed to extinction. And then Superboy realizes that actually they can work together and then they can save, they can save each other and help each other out. And they won't need to die because they can't, they can't get any evacuation ships or anything. This is too far out. So they managed to kind of work that out, which is nice. And it's obviously it's the piece working together and all that. And then at the end, you know, they were like, yeah, I think the nav com- wildfires like the nav computer was wrong. This has just been a wild goose chase. He brought us in. He was like, no, no, it's Christmas miracle that we were brought here. No, it was just you, Superboy, being dick. And it's like, mm, where's my tree? Where's my tinsel? Where's my baubles? No, you being a dick, mate. So they get there, done it, and they go back, and then Superboy gets his tree, gets his tinsel, and he's like, yeah, it was a Christmas miracle, and Wildfire's like, nah, you're talking rubbish, mate. Uh, and I'm kind of on Wildfire's side, because he's just like, just literally just made them leave for no reason. They could have had a nice kind of Christmas anyway, but again, they did save a planet and saved a race, so it was a, it was a good thing in the end, but it was all based on Superboy being an arsehole, basically. So thanks, Superboy. Uh, so next up, don't worry, Superman's going to get super judgy as well in this. This is uh, Twas the Fright Before Christmas, and it basically features Superman teaming up with Santa. So Superman discovers a child attempting to hold up uh, a charity Santa and discovers a toy gun and a toy spaceship that has hypnotised the boy, and he decides to just scoop him up and kidnap him and take him to the Fortress of Solitude to to um, to, to cure him of this hypnotism because he's basically trying to shoot Santa in the face. Um, and he determines what the child had been instructed to do by this hypnotic message that was coming off the, the gun and the ship. And it was basically, it was the Toy Man, uh, one of Superman's lesser known villains. And he, he basically is, is hypnotising kids with these toys to steal and to rob people, basically, and to bring him back to him, bring back to his toy shop, basically. So so he re- realises this, and he goes, right, wraps the kid up in his cape again, go, flies out, locks his, locks his front door, that giant metal key um, that nobody else can pick up but him, and then he, he flies out, and then the ship itself, the little toy ship, shoots, shoots him in the face, and it's like a gravity beam, and it just... They just fall out of the sky into the into the cold and the snow of the North Pole. Um, but who is to save them? But the elves and Santa. And Superman is like, what? I've been here for so long. I've never noticed you. And like, Santa's like, well, I don't let anybody just see me, young man. I only let the people I want to see see me. He's like, right, okay. And then it just becomes a dick measuring competition between Superman and Santa. So Superman's like, oh, how can your sleigh carry all this weight, all this mass? You know, even I can't carry this much. And he's like, well, I'm Santa. Okay, but how can you move at such speed? Even I can't move it. Well, I'm Santa. You know, it's just constant like dick measuring. But I'm sure I'm better than you at this. No, I'm Santa. You know, how can you catch me? I didn't feel, you know, when I fell and landed in the sleigh, you know, I didn't, it didn't break. I didn't go right through your slay well i'm santa so santa's this night of the year he's like super powerful he's like omnipotent <laughs> this omnipotent character and superman just feels a, a little bit at odds and he's he's like he's 
trying to shake off the effects of this gravity beam as well. And he's just having a weird, weird time of it. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very odd issue. But um, Santa goes along with him and helps him and is his backup in his battle with the Toy Man. And basically, as he's, he's still not at full strength, so he's struggling with the Toy Man's toys that he's fighting. So Santa sends out some toys of his own. And that's basically the story. And eventually, it kind of, he obviously, good conquers evil again. And it's very just very odd because santa's staying in the background he's not showing himself because he's like oh well i've got to be got to be secretive and i was like you could stand if you can allow anyone to see you you can allow the toy man not to see you and it's got this like it's very much like arthur christmas he's got this highly technical um sci-fi like santa's grotto whatever you want to call it in the north pole (laughs) and yeah bizarre but it's it's a fun little it's a fun little comic but also, like, Superman, again, is super judgy because he's like... Because Santa's going on and saying the kids aren't, aren't into the same sort of stories and the same sort of things anymore. Same sort of um, stories. Same sort of toys, like old-school toys and stuff. They're into more computer things and, you know, different... You know, this is the 80s, so it's a different type of an entertainment. And Superman's like, yeah, yeah, they should be into really old-school toys like bears and wooden soldiers and, and jigsaws and all this other stuff. And then he he regales us with a story about how when he was a baby on Krypton, he had a holographic uh, toy. And he was like, yeah, those kids don't know what they're messing, you know, missing with all this stuff. So I'm like, you can't criticise the old-school, the new, the new, more electronic, more kind of updated toys and what kids want. And and then go back and say, oh well, I had a really you know highly advanced electronic sci-fi device which I really love. You know, like it would have made more sense if he went back to his kind of mom pa in Kansas and Smallville and was like, yeah, I like these old school toys. Not and and you know how can he remember stuff when he was that young as well? I guess he's Superman. I'm sure he's Kryptonian. He's got Kryptonian memory or something. But I was just like, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit preachy that I felt like, oh, things aren't like uh, like my day, you know. Oh, things have changed. I don't like that. I don't like the super judgy Superman in these issues that I've read. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. At the end of the the story, Superman just wakes up in the snow where he crashed initially, where Santa and the elves saved him, and he's. It's like it's never happened. So yeah, so he flies the kid back, drops him off, but he doesn't like check whether you know the toy man needs arresting or anything else happened. He just goes, "Well, I'm just going to go home now," and then he finds the holographic toy in his cape, and it when he puts it on, it shows Santa and Santa saying Merry Christmas. So it's kind of implied that it was like a dream, but it's not a dream, but it is, but he's forgotten it, but he's not. It's it's a very confusing end, to be honest. It's not really clear whether he met Santa or not. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bit all over the show. You know, the toy man could still be, you know, hypnotising children for all we know, but... Yeah, or maybe Santa dumped him back in the snow because the kid doesn't seem to, you know, seem to be like, oh yeah, we had none, we met Santa and this and that. He just seems to like never, it never happened. So I don't know if it's a time warp or messing with a memory or Santa's very powerful either way if you can alter reality like that. If that's the case, Toy Man is very annoying in this because he's like, yeah, don't you know? Don't you see? Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? All the way through, and I was just like, oh, just. Shut up, mate. Just shut up. Every other line was like, don't you, don't you? And, he, and he's not speaking to anybody. He's just speaking. It's like, ah, don't you know? Don't you see? He's like, that's all he ever says. It's like his catchphrase. And yeah, it didn't really catch on with me, that, funnily enough. Coming to the end now. We've uh, we've almost there. So this last one is really, really short. Um, it is 
basically, I think it's only about seven or eight pages, like the, the first Batman story at the start. But it is a Neil Adams art. Don't think it's by Denny O'Neill. I think it's by somebody else. I can't think of their name off the top of my head. All of these issues are comic book royalty. You know, you can check them all out on the back page. I think it lists all the names. The names are listed within the stories. I should have I should have probably looked them up myself. But if anybody wants to know, you can, you know, download the issue or I can, I can put them up later. Yeah, so crime never takes a holiday in Gotham, so neither does the Batman. Uh, but after he arrives at the GCPD, Commissioner Gordon goes... Ah, oh, come on, sing some carols with us, have a bit of fun. You know, we've not had any calls yet, so, you know, he's like, mm, well, all right. And basically the issue is Batman singing carols. Now, during this, um, he gets kind of carried away and sings all night, basically, sings for hours. And during this time, we keep catching kind of glimpses of crime that's about to happen or or people that need saving and things like that. And it's almost as if the spirit of Batman is putting them off. So they, they they accidentally see Batman or they go, oh, that's the shadow of Batman or someone's dressed as Batman. They're like, oh God, I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing that because Batman will come and get me. So so no crime actually happens this night. Uh, so it's, it's like a little Christmas miracle. Uh, and when Batman realises, um, you know, there's a, there's a lady who's going to kill herself because she believes her soldier husband has died and as, you know, people are going to rob a place and or stick somebody up, they change their mind because they see an image of Batman or reminded of Batman in some way. And he realises this. But as Batman realises this, Commissioner Gordon turns into a ghost? Yeah, okay. But then... But then he's like, oh, I'm seeing things. And then he, he's, he, he turns around and it's he's still there. And he's like, oh, we never got a call this evening. We didn't get one call about people in trouble. And and uh, Commissioner Gordon says, your investment in this city and the time you've put in has really paid off because, you know, it's goodwill to all men and peace on earth is is really been pushed into the mines. Maybe they're just scared of it being put in the hospital and all those hospital bills that that Batman is going to cause. Probably. That would be my worry. But... Yeah, he kind of he kind of flies off, you know, swings off and kind of thinks, yeah, maybe maybe the spirit of Batman has done some good after all. And that is it. That is the story. So, yeah, that is Christmas with the superheroes. Thank you for sticking with me on this one, just you and me. Um, it's been great. I've really enjoyed reading these stories. Not all amazing, not all bad, but with any compilation, it's always going to be a, you know, with any anthology, it's going to be a, a mix of what you like and what you don't like. But there's some there's some fun in there, some fun to be had in these stories. But uh, I might do, like I said, I might do the second issue of Christmas with the Superheroes next year, possibly, um, or something else. If uh, anybody wants to suggest a Christmas-themed comic, go ahead, um, because I would like to read more, as, always, as I always do. Um, a lot of holiday specials and stuff you can get. Uh, out there uh, physical or digital in some cases but yeah there's loads of stuff there's there's they're quite hard to find but i've i've done the research i've got a decent uh, list of a few so we can go through that but yeah thank you very much for your time again to find me on the social medias go to facebook at secret balls and twitter is at dan underscore balls instagram at spider dan and the secret balls and don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle for everything else you need to know about the podcast swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com on the World Wide Web. I'd like to thank my patrons on Patreon. I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Tony Farina, Scott Hodgson, Simon Cottam for their continuing donations. It is very much appreciated and helps Prattle World keep on turning. And if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast, please consider it. Remember to share, subscribe, all those good things, favourite, 
whatever the social media term is, go and do it. All right, take care. Thanks again. Bye.